I wish I had one. He went last night uh, around the third period to go get checked out. Haven't heard anything this morning. Wasn't here at the arena today. Didn't practice, so still waiting on official word. And how about Lombardi? I don't think we saw him out there today. No uh, personal issue. Uh, he should be here tomorrow to play in the game, though. Let me ask you about Soderblom. Are you contemplating the idea if he, if he, if he ends up with you, maybe able to pro, but to use him as a penalty killer? He said he hasn't done it much, but I saw last night he was out there a little bit. Just trying to grow his game a little bit more, give him more responsibility. I think it's his third time around here at the tournament, so we wanted to see him in a leadership role. Obviously, I think even even not on the penalty kill, his good stick detail, he's long, he's big, he's smart, he thinks the game well, all the things penalty killers need to do. So why not give an opportunity here to see if we can grow his game in a different way? Is that like almost like a logical step, a guy that big with that reach to try to use him in that? As long as we're smart and willing to do the work, willing to block shots, which which he can and will be able to do. So uh, I think putting those guys in some of those situations they're not used to can also help parts of their other game, five on five, whether it's defensive game, uh, whether it's details in their game. So, you know, we're happy with the way he killed last night. I was just wondering, I, I get it, it's only one game and who knows what will happen, but, you know, it seemed like to me still, um, and Wallinger made a nice pairing. It almost felt to me like you were already sort of looking at that, the room and the other thing. Is there a thought process that, you know, maybe they could be a good pairing together? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, uh, Two, they play different styles. Number one, I think Williams, he's real mobile. He can move pucks. He can provide some of that offense. I think with Ante, he's got a great first pass. He's big. He's long. He has no problem playing that physical style of defensive game, too. So uh, that's just a good pair. And a pair that can go against other teams' top lines as well. They've got that experience playing with, with uh, pros over in Europe. Um, and so that's sort of the, the basis behind why they're paired together. But I thought last night they were the best deep pair on the ice. For you, uh, you got the job, obviously, you got hired, you hired your coaching staff and made some changes, but what does the rest of the offseason look like for you? What are some of the first orders of business when you're doing a job like that? Uh, sort of life out in terms of yeah. where to live in Grand Rapids, how that's going to look with the family, all that fun stuff. But. Um, one thing to tell you, it was nice not having the phone blow up every day for recruiting purposes in the ECHL and be able to focus on hockey and become a better coach in the offseason. But the biggest thing is the family and making sure that my move to Grand Rapids is going to be smooth. They're, uh, they're staying back in Cleveland for now. And I think that was probably the biggest thing moving forward outside of getting to know the players, how they play, all that kind of stuff. I, I can still remember a story you told me years ago. I don't know if you were in the middle of Texas and one of your defensemen got a contract with the Wolves, and then you're scouring leagues in Kansas to find somebody. I mean, how much are you looking forward to not being constantly tooling your roster? Well, that's the hope. I mean, still, <laughs> there's injuries that play a part in that, and I think. I think GR has felt that over the past few years. So they have had to call guys up from the ECHL, but um, you know, fingers crossed that training camp goes smooth and everyone stays as healthy as possible. That you know, the roster that sits in front of me here today, we can start with without having to look a, a across the league or down into the league to bring up players. Right, but I mean, in the ECHL, I mean, you're going to the league you've probably never heard of, I would well, ECHL, yeah, you're in Southern Professional League. You're driving guys off the couch and haven't played in a little while. Uh, as long as they can walk, they can skate, they can talk, they're going to dress. <laughs> can you talk about um, breaking in the, your own coaching staff as you work on the ice here? Yeah, this is, uh, I can tell you right now, this is trial and error for us. You know, we have a great idea and we've talked about it at length at, at how we want 
this to operate, what this looks like, who's going to be responsible for what. Uh, so this is a real good trial run for us to see the day-to-day, -day, how it's going to look for practices, for games, how we manage the bench, how we manage our players. Uh, you know, I couldn't think of a better scenario than, than this tournament. Uh, Andrew Gibson last night, especially for such a young guy in this tournament. What were your impressions there? You know what? I thought he's mobile. I thought he moved pucks. Um, again, just an, another guy that's going to continue to grow. But I thought just the way he played, the way he thought the game, that was impressive to me. And, and uh, his work ethic, his compete level, it's all there. And there's going to be some mistakes. There's no doubt about it. It's how you respond to those mistakes. And I thought, you know, he got better as the game went along. You talk about Casper and his compete level yesterday. Obviously, mm. I'm sure a couple of those looks he might want a second look at. But, yep. Um, what do you see? Like that profile it isn't always the flashiest, but how do guys like that kind of create offense? Well, for him, it's he, he can shoot the puck, but he has no problem getting to the net. And that's the biggest thing for him. He's got to be willing to, to play a physical style. And, and, and that's not talking about putting guys through the glass, but just making sure that when he doesn't have the puck, he's taking guys out of play and get open, you know, and try to find those areas. So it's putting guys with him that can make those plays, but also he makes players around him better. He certainly does. And, and you can see last night the, the little plays he makes, the creativity that he has. He's, he's going to be a really good, uh, really good prospect for Detroit. This month in Traverse City can be such a big jumping off point for a lot of these players. What are some of the messages and themes you hope they can take away? Well, for us, it's all about the compete level, the work ethic. That's number one for Detroit is making sure they have that in them. Um, that's our identity right now. A lot of puck possession, as you saw last night. Uh, and so for us moving forward, for these guys, this is an opportunity for them to get a head start for main camp too. A lot of the drills we're doing out there, a lot of things that the Detroit staffs will be preaching, they're already learning right now. So we're trying to give them a head start as best we can. So that was first impressions when Detroit staff sees them, they're good ones. Uh, as far as the first one, uh, Nate Danielson, his first game, what, were you, what, what did you think and what do what you want him to work on? Uh, he's, he's very mature, uh, very smart player. He sees plays before they happen, great anticipation. Uh, you know, for him, he's going to be a 200-foot player. You can see he's very responsible offensively and defensively. Uh, again, it's going to be making sure he manages the pucks at the right times. And he's, he's going to have to, obviously, I think he's going to have to grow into that offensive game too. He's going to be a really, really good junior player this year uh, when he goes back. And I think it's going to be an opportunity for him to grow his game offensively again.